Good morning, church. We are so glad that you're here to join us with worship. Why don't we rise this morning as we start coming to his presence this morning and invite him in. Come and thank you for all of the amazing things that he has done in our lives. Amen. Come, let us worship our King. Come, let us bow at His feet. He has done great things. 
morning, family. He's done great things in my life. Has he done it in yours? Amen. We give him glory this morning. We're going to sing this song. It's our song of victory, one of many. Amen. Let's put our hands together, and we're going to lift our voices. What a day of celebration. Today is graduation Sunday, and I know we said he's done great things. He continues to do that, and we're going to sing this out. Come on. We're going to raise a hallelujah together. One voice in this place today. Come on, let's sing it together. I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. That's right. Come on. Raise it up. I raise a
midst of the trials. So we'll sing this together. Come on. Let's sing it again. I'm going to sing. I'm going to sing when in the middle. Let's right.
moment? Will you just ask the Lord this morning to pour out His Holy Spirit over you this morning? As we, we're going to sing that one more time. We're going to say, Lord, we need a fresh wind. Come on, we'll sing it together. Because we need a fresh wind. Come on, lift your voice. The fragrance of heaven. Pour your spirit out. Come on. Pour your spirit out. Holy anointing. The power of your presence. Pour your spirit out. Pour your spirit out. We need a fresh wind. We need a fresh wind. Fragrance of heaven. Pour your spirit out over me. Pour your spirit out. Holy anointing. The power of your presence. Pour your spirit out. Pour your spirit out. Pour your spirit Give him praise. Give him thanks for what he's doing in your life. That's right. He's deserving of it. Heavenly Father, we we stand here just amazed, Lord, that we, some are with their hands up, some, it doesn't matter where they're at, Lord, with their hands because their hearts are receptive and reaching out, Lord, for the outpouring of your Holy Spirit over their lives. In areas of our life, Lord, that definitely need it. Some are here, Lord, with pain and grief over the loss of people that they love. Over the loss, Lord, and oh, Lord, we, we think of just the loss, Lord, of, of what's going up up north, Lord, and just around Albuquerque, Lord, with our wildfires. Lord, we, we pray that your Holy Spirit would pour out over their grief and their pain. Lord, thank you for what you're doing. Lord, thank you for your Holy Spirit in this place, Lord, that no matter what's going on around us, Lord, you're still on the throne, and we thank you for that. Lord, pour your spirit out. We need that fragrance of heaven, Lord, and thank you, Lord, that we've come together today, Lord, in our time of celebration and graduation Sunday, that this is a time of celebration, Lord. Lord, it's just today's worship has just been so awesome, Lord, to say, Lord, what you've done. Lord, and we raise a hallelujah to you, Lord, and we we say, Lord, pour out your Holy Spirit over us. Lord, in our time, Lord, thank you for the ability to come together here as a family at New Beginnings, Lord, in this time of worship, Heavenly Father. We give you thanks for all, Lord, and Lord, for what's going on today here in our service, Lord. Let us be in this moment with you, Lord, and nowhere else. Lord, we pray these things in Jesus' name, in the mighty name, your name, Jesus. Amen. Church, can we celebrate the Lord for what he is doing? Amen. And while we're there, you guys are standing up. Church, will you just welcome one another? Amen. Why don't you just take some, a couple seconds and just welcome one another. Amen.
Good morning, family. Well, church, today is graduation Sunday. Can we celebrate that together? I know we've been talking about it for a little bit. We want to celebrate that. And so if you're here as a graduate that you're going to be a part of today's ceremony, before we get started and begin with our, um, what are we doing here? Announcements, that's what we're doing. Yes. Hey, Michael Romero, we're doing announcements. All right. <laughs> hey, if you're part of our graduates, would you do me a favor? Right through these doors is room 104. Will you meet us in room 104? Uh, Sister Lena is going to meet you right after announcements in room 104. Uh, but if you're a graduate and you're going to be part of our ceremony, it would be awesome to have you there in room 104. Um, Lena, catch us up. What's going on? We got some announcements for you guys before we start with our ceremony. All right. Cool, cool. Yeah. Whoa. All right. So our first announcement, parents in the room, if you have your kid registered for camp this summer, as you know, registration closed last week. We have a deadline for the money that's going to be due May 31st. So that's literally next week. Um, so if you still owe money for your child uh, for camp, um, please, please, please get that money in by May 31st. Um, we check out candy boxes. We're still doing fundraisers. Just be sure to get that money in. We need it. Um, it is. And you know what, yeah. Lena, I don't, I don't want to beat a dead horse too much because I don't want to stay here parking for a long time. But th- let me tell you why it's so important, family, that if you do have a balance due is because we need to plan the logistics of the trip. Meals, of course, not only us, but as, as well as our hosts down south, the camp, Bonita, Bonita Park. Mm-hmm. They need to know how many meals we're going to have. And so if we don't have an accurate count, it leaves too much room for error. And we want to be good stewards, and we don't want to waste resources and plan for like 100 kids and have like 20 show up. Because then that's a, that's a big waste of resources. So we want to be good stewards of that. So if you can, if by, by chance that you're not able to, to fulfill that obligation by May 31st, um, check your inbox by June 1st because you'll be receiving a refund if you have made any payments toward camp in case your plans have changed. But if that's the case, you'll be receiving an, uh, some information by June 1st mm-hmm. of a cancellation of the registration if, in, if we haven't spoken. But if you are and you need some special accommodations or whatever the case, just email us, talk to us, let us know what's going on. Uh, that way we can plan accordingly. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Good and deal. then... Following up with that, some oh, yeah. great news. Yeah. Next Sunday, we're having our baptism mm. service. That's right, baptism yes. service. Yes. Baptisms are awesome. Church, you realize the Lord is just doing an amazing work in our congregation, mm-hmm. in us, right? Because we're here to reach up, reach in, and then reach out to the community, right? So when he's reaching in, he's doing just an amazing job here. The Lord is just working just awesome in this congregation that we've had to have uh, baptism service once a month. Once, that's reason that's to awesome. celebrate. Yes. Church, once a month we're having to have baptism services. And so, church, next Sunday is Baptism Sunday. And so if you have not registered to be baptized, and maybe, maybe you're like, what is baptism about? Good question. We want you to be a part of that class. So if you have questions on baptism, reach out. Mm-hmm. And maybe you want to take that, oh, man, I was about to say plunge, but that would be too much of a pun. But <laughs> I want you to. I want you to really take the next day, the next step into into your walk with the Lord, into your faith as the outward expression, the inside change of what the Lord is doing in your life. Yeah. I know it was just amazing for me to finally be able to to, to be able to be baptized, mm-hmm. and it was just life changing for me because it was this outward expression of the inside change that the mm-hmm. Lord is doing and that had done in my life back then. And so, church, if you have not done that, please sign up. 
uh, via our app or our website, and you can do that. Or if the Lord just moves and says, sometimes the Lord's like, that day he goes, hey, by the way, get up there. That's okay. We're not mad at you. That's fine. But the more we can plan, the better. So if you have not yet signed up for baptism, that's awesome. We want you to join us on Baptism Sunday. And afterward is another great gathering. Yes, we're going to be having right after right after baptisms, right which are right after second service next Sunday. We're going to be having our meet the pastors gathering out in the fishbowl, which is conference room 106. I like to call it the fishbowl because of all the windows. You know, you just feel like everybody's looking in on you. But this is a good one because everybody's going to be looking in on the pastors. So not to put you on the spot or anything. You guys get to know us a little bit more. So if you're new to the congregation. And you want to get to know about kind of what we do, us as pastors, who we are, your leadership here at the, at the church. And even if you're not super new, maybe you just don't know because, after all, pastors only work on Sundays and Wednesdays. And, yeah. Man, last service really got that one. But it's okay. If you guys really want to get to know us a little bit more, just a little more into our personal lives, not too much into our personal lives, but a little bit more into our personal lives, and get to know kind of what we do here on a daily basis, what other responsibilities we carry besides just playing the guitar and singing on Sundays and Wednesdays as far as I'm concerned, right? That's to meet the pastors, and we're serving some hors d'oeuvres, and uh, we'd like to host you. Man, just a small Q&A time with our pastors as well. We don't want to keep you all afternoon either. But it's a really, really good time Mm -hmm. to get to know our pastors and our leadership. It's not just Pastor Richard, Pastor Cindy, and myself. It's also our youth director, David Sanchez, and our children's director, Jessica Ramirez. You'll get to know them a little bit more of our programs, kind of what's what's ahead. What does the next six months look like? What what does the next year look like? You know, stuff like that that we we, kind of touch on some of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And then Wednesday is really, really cool. Talk to us about Wednesday, Lena. So this Wednesday, this is going to be our first ever promotion ceremony. We are hosting this. This is going to be for our NB, our New Beginnings uh, kids group that from the fifth graders who are now graduating into New Beginnings youth That's group. Right. So we're going to be hosting that this Wednesday. And then it's also going to be the same for our eighth graders who are now moving into high school. So parents in the room, if you haven't registered your child yet for this, please, please, please do so because we want to we want to recognize that accomplishment as well. That is huge, moving from elementary to middle school and middle school to high school. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing. Awesome. It is it's, because how we we build a curriculum around that, yes. right? And the kids get so, so excited about moving into the actual youth group. Mm-hmm. And then from the middle schoolers, they get to move into the, the senior youth leadership and yes. senior youth group. So we want to be a part of that. And we want to recognize them yes. and send them with a blessing because of everything that's going on in NB Kids mm-hmm. and then NB Youth as well. Yes. Okay, so that's going to be this Wednesday. So if you want to participate, please, we, well, we're asking you, A, participate. And if you want to participate just by cheering them on, please be here Wednesday yes, for service. Please, please. Okay? Awesome. But other than that, church, we thank you so much for everything because without that, we couldn't do it without you, all of you, right? All of mm-hmm. that couldn't be done with all of you without your, your remix, without mm-hmm. every single one of you and what you've done. And if you want to continue to be a part of the daily life of New Beginnings and what we do here, all those programs not possible without your faithful, faithful giving. If you want to continue to do that, the ways to give and get involved at New Beginnings is up on the screen right now. You can give by the tithing boxes that are in and around this sanctuary, or you can do it via online or our texting application as well, or the app. Okay, and with that, we leave you. Thank you, church. We love you so much. Please turn your attention to the screens.
can we truly say amen? This is an exciting day. These graduates have worked very, very hard. And you parents, grandparents, and guardians have worked really, really hard to help them accomplish their goal. Some are graduating with their high school diploma. Do you know that 32% of their freshman class, when they were freshmen, 32% did not finish school. You didn't drop out. We're proud of you. You've accomplished a lot. Some of them have overcome huge hurdles. In our first service, there's a young lady that just graduated. But in her sophomore year, she found herself homeless, abandoned by her family. Our Resurrection Frontline Ministries, led by Tomas and Renee Mayas, took her in. One of the ladies there took her under her wing as a daughter, and she graduated. Homeless, without a family, but she achieved a lot. Another young lady that's here just finished getting her associate's degree. She was doing that while working a 40-hour-a-week job at a school. She was also caring for her ailing father who was in and out of the hospital, as well as her mother. And yet she finished and got her associate's degree. We're really proud of these young men and women. You have accomplished much. So would you just listen for their name and the accolades and what they're going to be doing now in the future as we pray for them. Dominique Baldonado. Dominique graduated from Grand Canyon University, receiving her master's degree in education. Ruby Cortez. Ruby received her high school diploma from West Mesa High School with honors. She's an NJROTC drill state champion and the recipient of an unarmed drill letter. Ruby plans on pursuing a career as a yoga instructor. Rhea Francisco. Rhea received her high school diploma from the Native American Community Academy with honors. Receiving a scholarship to Northern Arizona University, Rhea plans to attend and pursue a degree in exercise science and minor in zoology and wildlife conservation. Elizabeth Gutierrez. Elizabeth received her certificate of completion for American Sign Language. Elizabeth hopes to pursue a deeper involvement, deeper involvement in church life using her certificate and allow the Lord to direct her next steps. Christopher Jaramillo. Christopher received his high school diploma from the Digital Arts Technology Academy. He plans on pursuing employment in the technology field. Noah Ortiz. Noah received his high school diploma from Valencia High School with high honors. He received 
two-year academic letter, a four-year student council letter, a three-year varsity football letter, and a member of the National Honor Society. Noah also received a four-year scholarship to New Mexico State University where he plans to study hard and pursue a degree in education. Where are you going, Noah? Juan Diego J.D. Padilla. J.D. received his high school diploma from the Norte High School. Gabriela Saiz. Gabriella, we know her as Gabby, received her high school diploma from Del Norte High School. Gabby will pursue a career in criminal justice where she will pursue more opportunity for those transitioning from incarceration and struggling with homelessness for them to succeed. Janessa Seaman. Janessa received her high school diploma from Central New Mexico Community College. Janessa plans on continuing her education at CNM and will continue to serve the New Beginnings Church family faithfully. Is this treasure? Angel Lee Lovato. Come on in. Graduated from Bernalillo High School. Going to be attending Pima. Congratulations, man. She's currently studying at Pima Medical Institute to become a medical assistant. Very proud of her. Each one of you has received a Bible. For the record, she did get a Bible. Um, she just didn't bring it up with her, but uh, she received one. I don't want you all thinking... Why they leave her out? We did not. But you received the Bible. The Word of God says that it is an active, living source. It's God's Word. And it's sharper than a two-edged sword. It brings life. And it guides you. The Bible says if you trust in the Lord, He will direct your path. The Word says that it is a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. You're going to find a lot of paths that are dark. And you're going to wonder, which way do I go? God will guide you. God will lead you. He'll instruct you. If you take time to get to know him and study. So would all of you just reach your hand out to them. And Father, we thank you so much for these young men and women that have achieved so much. But many others have not. They have already finished. But Father, they're just beginning into another level of living. A level of higher education a lever of career building. And we pray blessing over them. We pray, Father God, abundance. We pray that nothing lack in their life, that you fill them with overflowing joy, that, Lord God, you would just let their cup runneth over. Father, we pray that, Lord, they would achieve every goal they have and even beyond those. And, Lord, we thank you and pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Would you give it up for them one more time? We're so proud of you all. God bless you. You may return to your seats. What a tremendous, tremendous joy.
couple came up to me after first service and said, oh, to see this today is overwhelming, especially because we're headed out on Wednesday for their 60th high school reunion. I went, wow. I go, did you graduate when you were six? <laughs> Made her feel real good. <laughs> Hear me. They accomplished amazing tasks. For some of us, we're looking back and going, wow, it seemed like it was just yesterday. For some of us, we're looking back and saying, I knew I should have finished. I wish I did. Today, what I want to talk about is steps for that productive life. Not just to these young people, but I, I want to address their lives, but as all of ours, to really understand how to have a productive life, a life filled with a lot of fruit, that we truly give glory to God, that we truly make a difference. Everyone wants to make a difference. And I pray to God that we can adhere to God's word and learn some steps how to get there. In the Gospel of John, chapter 15, verse 8, it says, When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. Lord, I just pray that we really learn how to produce great fruit. That we learn the steps of a productive life so that, God, we could bring glory to you, honor to our mentors and teachers. And, Lord, we could bear much fruit. And I pray this in Christ's name. Amen. You know, in that passage, it's talking about that. It's telling us that we need to bear a lot of fruit to bring glory to God. When we bear fruit, in other words, we're productive, 66 times in the New Testament, it talks about fruit. It talks about productivity. It talks about advancement. It talks about things that we need to do. And it's saying that when we have fruit, when we have achieved different tasks, we bring glory to God. It also says that it shows that we're his disciples. When we bear fruit, we are showing that we truly have been impacted by God, that he has transformed our life and he has changed our way of thinking and processing so that we are able to achieve great things. And he says, I want you to produce much fruit. He says, when you produce much fruit, I'm telling you, this is what I'm wanting of you. This is what I'm asking of you. This is a mandate that we go into the world and make disciples. And he says, when you do that, it's amazing. And in, and, and in a few verses down from that, in John 15, verse 16, he says, you didn't choose me. I chose you. And I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit. He's saying, I want you to impact people's lives so that it goes on forevermore, that it goes on into eternity, that their lives are impacted in such a manner that their lives are transformed and changed. And he says, lasting fruit, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. And so God is telling us it's really important for us to bear fruit. Bearing fruit is the purpose of our very salvation. 
where he come to the Lord, not just for us to go to heaven, but so that we could take others with us, so that we could share the gospel and live out a life that is really fulfilling. Because he said, I came to give life and life in abundance. I came to give a satisfying life, a life that is overflowing with great joy. And he wants to give this to us. You see, bearing fruit is the purpose of our salvation, to really make a difference. And a productive life is one when the fruit lasts. Haven't you seen people that, man, they come to Christ and they're on fire and a month later they're gone? Or you've seen people that come and go over the years of ministry here in this city. I've seen some pastors come and, man, they raise up a great ministry. And two years later, the church closes and they're not even serving God anymore. And it grieves me. And I say, what happened? What happened? We got to work past our emotions. We have to work past our negativity. We have to work and believe in the productivity that God has given us, the fruit that he's poured into us. And there's four kinds of fruit that we bear. The first fruit he talks about in the Bible is the fruit of repentance. You see this in John the Baptist. John the Baptist is teaching and he's preaching and he's saying repent. And he says that you might have the fruit of repentance. He's saying, in other words, when you and I repent and we give our life to Jesus Christ, we are now showing a fruit, the fruit that we're following God and no longer ourselves, a fruit that we're following the Lord's word and following what he teaches and wanting a new life. And that is bringing forth the fruit of repentance. How many times have you seen this even here at the church? That somebody walks through the door and an old friend of theirs sees them and they go, dude, is that really you? And they're going, yeah, I can't believe you're here. Man, you look so good. Are you clean now? Yeah, man, I'm not an alcoholic anymore. Man, I'm not a drug user anymore. Man, I'm not a wine no diner and a dingbat anymore. You know what I mean? And all of a sudden they go, neither am I. Wow. They see the fruit of repentance, how their lives have been transformed because they trusted in the Lord. Then you have the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is building character. It's building these these dynamics that God has for us. In the book of Galatians chapter 5, he talks about that. And he says, this is the fruit of the flesh. When you live by the flesh and you live according to your own desires, it ends up in disaster. And how many of us have ended up in disaster? And we're like, oh, Lord, there's no more hope. And then comes Jesus, and he gives us hope, the hope of glory. And he pours into us, and he says, don't you understand? If you come to me and you surrender, I'm going to give you these fruits. I'm going to give you the fruit of the Spirit, but it has nine characteristics of it. He says, I'm going to give you love. And a genuine love, an overflowing love, a love that you know is unconditional, where God comes to love you and he receives you and you go, my goodness, he loves me in spite of who I am, in spite of who I've, what I've done or in spite of how I think, because we have very destructive thinking. And a lot of times we're thinking that we don't matter, that we don't measure up and we could never change. And yet God says, surrender it over to me and watch what can happen. I give you love. I give you joy. 
This isn't happiness. It's joy. It's knowing deep in your knower that God is there. Deep in your knower that no matter what kind of horrible news you get, no matter how tragic it might be, no matter how just rattling to your life it might be, and it buckles your knees, and you feel like, I can't deal with this. Overwhelming joy comes in you, and you go, thank you, God, that you're with me. Thank you, God, that you're with me in the greatest moments of my life and the most challenging moments of my life. Thank you, God, that you give me the reassurance of your presence. Thank you, God, that you give me the reassurance of your love. And you have joy knowing that God is with you, no matter what you're facing. And then he gives you peace. Peace, real shalom, a peace, a peace that surpasses all understanding, a peace that just goes deep into your heart. And sometimes when people are going through some of the most tragic moments of their life, they go, I can't believe in the midst of all this, I have so much peace. In the midst of all this, I have so much strength. In the midst of all this, I just know that God is with me. I feel this sense of peace in the middle of this tragedy. And then he gives you patience. Oh, I've said it before, but I say, please don't ever pray for patience. Because if you pray for patience, you know how you learn patience, don't you? You're put into an, a, a, a moment of worry and anxiety, and you're falling apart. You're like, oh, my gosh, i got to make it hurry up. What's going on? But if instead say, Lord, this situation, I really wish it went faster. So, God, you've given me patience. Now let me learn how to exercise it. Let me learn how to function in the midst of patience. That you would be with me. That I won't open my mouth and say something dumb. And I won't act some way that brings shame to your name and to my name. Or my parents' name or my church's name. Or my company's name or my business and on and on and on. He gives you patience. And then he gives you kindness. We don't need a, a lesson on kindness. All of us know what kindness is because that's what we want from people. But you know what? The sad thing is, that's not what we always get. And that's not what we always give. People have lost kindness. People are rude. People are just plain mean anymore. You're like, what's wrong with you? Not because it's our church, but I love bragging about our church because I think we have a pretty amazing church. And they serve you donuts with a smile or coffee, and I know we didn't have donuts today. Calm down. The youth were trying to make money selling burritos, and they were delicious burritos. And you know what? They served it with a big old smile. Kindness. Kindness. We live in such a harsh world, a world that's not kind, a world that's mean, a world that's cruel, a world that's taking and never giving. And yet God is saying, I want to make you different. I want to pour this character in you. I want you to have the fruit of the Spirit. I want people to see kindness. And then he says, goodness. People say, no, she's a good girl. She's a good guy. He's a good guy. You know what? The Bible says no one's good except God. Oh, as good as we try to be, you know what? But what this is saying is that God now pours goodness in you, that your motives become good. Your motives are starting to do things in the right fashion and in the right way. Your attitude, your motive, your conduct all shifts, and it shifts to bring good out of a situation and not bad. And then faithfulness. He gives us faith. We don't have faithfulness anymore. Have you noticed that? 
People leave marriages like if nothing. They leave a relationship like if nothing. They leave an organization like if nothing. You're here today, gone tomorrow. They're like tumbleweeds. Tumbleweeds don't have very deep roots. You know that? And they, get, they could get real big and they're green and all of a sudden the wind comes and it just uproots them and they're going floating around from here to there, this church, that church, this bar, that bar, this club, that club. They're a mess. They're no more faithfulness. They're not loyal to anything except themselves. And it hurts a lot of people. It hurts families. It hurts relationships. It hurts friendships. It hurts organizations. It hurts situations where people just bail on you. And then gentleness. It's not saying to be a wimp. It's saying just don't be so harsh. Some people say, well, deal with it. The truth always hurts. No, it doesn't. The truth always helps. The truth builds up. It doesn't tear down. The truth elevates. It doesn't demote. We need to understand that, that we need to speak the truth, but with gentleness and live out our lives with gentleness. And then he says self-control. We need to live lives of self-control. Today, people are losing their patience and going into rage over a simple parking spot, over a barking dog, over taking too long to do the checkout. And it has nothing to do with the clerk. It's the machinery that's not functioning right. If you don't believe that, go to the self-service where you could go, I could do it myself, and, and you're like trying to hold it right and move it and this stupid thing. And then you have to ask for help, excuse me, and they come over and they go, and they go, see, it's not as easy as it looks, you know? Why? Because you lose control. You rattle off something that you insult people, you, you, you lose your patience or, or your tolerance, and you start fighting. Do you know that women are fist fighting just as much as men nowadays? Man, maybe they don't fist fight, they just claw each other and pull hair and kick and bite and hijo la self-control so there's a fruit of the repentance and there's a fruit of the spirit and then there's a fruit of bringing someone to christ someone leading jesus uh, someone to jesus look i preach the gospel and there's times people come to the lord here at church and that brings me overwhelming joy but man i share the gospel outside of here and i don't walk around out there and say i'm a pastor listen to me no, I just talk to people. I try to share the gospel with people. I try to lead them to Christ. And I, when, when I'm on an airplane, I try to get some rest, but I also try to talk to the person next to me and, and, and share the gospel if I have an opportunity. And, and I, I, I use a, a little, I, I use an acrostic form, F-O-R-M. So I talk about family. I talk about the organization that they might be a part of. I talk about religion they might be in and then I give them the message and one time I'm talking to this lady on a plane and 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 she's just and I'm not one of these that's gonna talk so loud the whole plane could hear me so I'm there talking to her and man she's pouring out her guts I mean she's telling me stuff that I'm like wow man how are you wow that's crazy and all of a sudden I come to you want to accept Jesus Christ as your savior and lord and I said would you want to pray with me she goes, yes. And I hand her my hand to hold her hand to pray. And then the lady behind us, she looks between the seats. And she goes, can I pray with you too? 
And I said, yes, Mitotera, you can too. Yes, busybody. But thank God she was a good busybody that day. But I really did. That's why I let those two lay to the Lord. Look, I share that just to say, we need to do this. It's the fruit of bringing people to Christ. And then there's the fruit of our ministry to others. Showing them love and devotion. Showing them care. I mean, I got to see a beautiful family this morning. I got to see Patricia and Joseph. They live in Chapon. And they've been displaced because of the fire. And as far as they know right now, their house hasn't burned. But she said, the whole mountain's gone, Pastor. It's this gorgeous mountain we have. It's just bare. Many have lost their homes and lost. And so we as a church have been sending supplies up north. We've been sending it to Las, Las Vegas, and they've been distributing Camora and Chacon and the little neighboring towns. And we, we've been sending water up there. We've sent food up there. God's Warehouse loaded up a whole truck, and we sent a whole bunch of stuff over there. And then I think it's called Bombas, the, the, the shoe and sock company. They gave us a 1,000 pairs of shoes, of socks, to send up to the Las Vegas, Mora, Chacon area. And we're going to be doing more. We're going to be doing more. We're going to give you a list of things we're going to gather to take up there. Like they need undergarments. They need underwear. But they can't take used underwear or anything like that. It has to be brand new, okay? So don't give up your chonis. Hold on to your, hold on to your panties and... but. Now, all kidding aside, it, it's got to be wrapped up brand new. And because that's how diseases spread at times. We need diapers for children and diapers for adults. There's been some people that have been displaced from a, a, an adult care facility. We're going to, see, it's the fruit of our ministry. We don't just, we give out food here all the time. Just this Friday, they gave out 24,000 pounds of food. And you ought to see the brokenness. People coming and going, thank you, thank you. We needed this so bad. I'm going, thank you, Lord. But see, we need to understand the seriousness of bearing fruit. Jesus wants us to bear fruit. One day he's walking with the disciples. And he sees a big old fig tree off to the side. Beautiful leaves and just big. And he's like, oh, yeah. And he walks up to it. Not one fig on the entire tree. And she said, wow, you faker. You're, you're looking just like the real thing, but you're not. So he cursed the tree. And the disciples were kind of like, wow, I guess he must be really hungry or something. Man, he cursed the tree. When they came back the next day, the tree was completely withered and, and, and dry. And they were like, wow. And he goes, he goes, I didn't do this to show off. I do this, did this to say how important it is that I expect you to bear fruit. In another time, they're walking past, and, and in Luke chapter 13, verse 7, he says, finally he said to the gardener, because this tree had not given, and he goes, I waited for three years, and there hasn't been a single fig. Cut it down. Cut it down. It's just taking up space. In the garden. In other words, he's a fake. It's not even a real tree. 
Oh, that's a tree and it's got leaves, but it doesn't do anything. And there's a lot of us that have looked real good. We dress up good. We know when to raise our hand, lower our hand, raise two hands, raise one hand, raise no hand. We know all the motions, but you know what? We're fakes. We are not living the gospel out to the glory of God. And he's saying, don't be a fake. So there's steps to get and be productive. Now, so that was just the introduction. Let's get into the sermon. I've got 72 points. We ought to be out of here by two. No, no, calm down. Okay, first step. Four steps to be productive. Number one, you've got to cultivate deep roots. Cultivate deep roots. You've got to really get deep. Deep and wide. Some people are real wide. They spread all over the place, but man... They're like that tumbleweed, I said. The minute a storm comes, a wind comes, it takes it. You're gone. You're out of here. How many people that were so on fire for God a year ago, and they're nowhere to be found, and you've seen them, and they're backslid. And you're like, what happened? They didn't have deep roots. In the book of Jeremiah, chapter 17, verse 7 and 8, it says, be blessed. He goes, but blessed are those who trust in the Lord. And he says, and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They're like trees planted along the riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit because they have deep, deep and wide roots like the roots of an oak tree, go out for literally miles. We have to understand how how to really develop deep roots. And the way we do that is in the Word of God. In Psalm chapter 1, verse 2 and 3, he says right there, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. Man, why? Because they trust in God. That's why we gave you a Bible, graduates, so that you can trust in God, and you can succeed and have great, great, great joy and success in your life. In the book of Colossians, chapter 2, verse 6 and 7, he says, And now, just as you have accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, You must continue to follow him. So he says, let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thanksgiving. He's saying, really establish deep roots. Study the word, meditate on it, encourage each other. Second step that we need to do is we need to eliminate weeds in our life. Some of us have some weeds in our life that we need to get rid of. This is, in other words, living with boundaries. This is, in other words, doing it God's way and doing it the right way. He's saying, I want you to do it like this. And he even talks about good soil and horrible soil. 
We need to cultivate our lives to offer God good soil. Good soil for him to plant his seed. Good soil for him to be able to grow his life in our life. And that he's glorified through our life. In the Gospel of Luke, chapter 8, verse 11 through 15, that says, this is the meaning of the parable. He goes, the seed is God's word. The seed that falls on the path, the footpath, represent those that hear the message only to have the devil come and take it away from their hearts and prevent them from believing and being saved. So there's times that people accept Christ and they got caught up in it and they raise their hand, Pastor, I want to get saved, and they pray a prayer and they come over here and I hug them and they go off to the room to get a Bible and they got all, man, they just got fired up. But by the time they get to the car, the devil's going, boy, you really got all emotional today. That pastor sure got a hold of you. It's like, are you really going to believe that? Oh, brother, you know who you are. You know what you're made out of. <laughs> Quit being a fake. And they toss the book, the Bible aside before they even get to their car. And then he says, verse 13, the seed on the rocky soil represent those who hear the message and receive it with joy. And since they don't have deep roots, they don't have deep roots, they believe for a while, then they fall away when they face temptation. So man, they're all fired up and they're serving God and they're doing really good and all of a sudden they run into a friend and he goes, hey, let's do lunch and they go to lunch and their friend goes, here, come on, man, let's celebrate your new life. Here, have a beer with me. And he goes, you know what, dude? I've been, I've been an alcoholic all my life. I finally quit drinking. I really, oh, have a beer. And before you know it, you fall into your temptation. You fall into the sin that God brought you out of. It says it, you fall apart. They fall away when they face temptation because they don't have deep roots. And then he says, verse 14, the seed that, it, that fell among the thorns represents those who hear the message, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the cares and riches and pleasures of this life. And so they never grow into maturity. So life just has a way of crowding it out. You're all fired up and all wired up, and man, I came to Christ, and this is exciting. But you let the weeds stay in there. If you're going to plant a garden, the first thing you do is you weed it. You take all the weeds out, and then you seed it, and then you feed it, and you continue to work it. But you remove the weeds because the weeds will take the nourishment that the seed is supposed to receive, and then that seed won't grow at the rate it's supposed to. And some of you are allowing weeds to stay in your life. You're allowing weeds to stay there. You're still hanging out with some people that God has said, remove yourself from those people. Remove yourself from those friends. Remove yourself from that relationship. It's killing you. And that's why God gives us some perimeters to say, yes, there is biblical grounds for divorce because I don't want you to die in that situation. So he says, you have to remove those weeds from your life. There's some people that you're hanging out with that God has already told you, cut that weed out, but you haven't. And some of you are hanging out with music that you don't need to have in your life anymore because it keeps taking you places you don't need to go or some kind of entertainment. 
And God is saying, get rid of those things. I want to give you a new life. And he says, don't you understand? There's a lot of excuses that we come up with. He even gives us example of excuses in the gospel of John, I mean Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14, verse 16 through 20. He says that the man had prepared this great feast. He sent out all these invitations. And when the banquet was ready, he says, come, the banquet is ready. But they started making excuses. He says, they started making excuses. Please excuse me. I just bought some land. I got to go check it out. Please excuse me. I just bought some oxen. I got to make sure they get to the house, okay? Please excuse me. I just got married. And my wife said, I can't go and I have to listen to her. Okay, maybe that didn't say it in the Bible, but it does say they had just gotten married. See, we always come up with an excuse, can't we? And we come up with excuses and they're killing us. And he's saying, you've got to get rid of excuses. And then he says, and a third thing we need to do is we've got to cooperate with God's pruning of our life. God's pruning doesn't mean he's punishing you. A lot of people confuse punishment with pruning. Pruning is not punishment. Pruning is taking away things in your life that are going to help you grow. In John chapter 15, verse 1 and 2, it says, I am the true grapevine, and my father is a gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so that they will produce even more. For those of you that have roses, you know how that works. You clip your rose, and you take all these roses off. You put a little vase in your kitchen or your dining table or whatever you want them. But one of the reasons you do it is to admire what you have, but it also makes room for more roses. And it's the same with fruit, and on and on and on. You see, pruning helps us grow. And in the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verse 11, it says, no discipline is enjoyable while it is happening. So it's saying, man, when you're getting pruned, (laughs) there's nothing fun about that. It's kind of like, ouch. (laughs) But look what he says. But afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this. So he's saying, man, I'm not being punished. I'm being pruned. I'm not in trouble. I'm getting stronger. Thank you, Lord. Clip away. Take away the things that need to be gone from my life and add to my life those things that need to be there. And then the fourth thing we need to do if we're really going to have a productive life is we must wait patiently. We must patiently wait for God and expect the harvest. Expect the harvest. God, I'm waiting on you. And I want to do it your way and not mine. In John chapter 12, verse 24 and 25, he says, I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone. And its death will produce many, 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 it will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new souls, of new life, of transformation. And in John 15, 5, he says, yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me, you've got to remain in him. And I in them, 
will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. But listen to me, church. God is saying, I want you to trust me. I want you to grow. I want the word of God to grow in your life. I want you to take in the Lord. I want you to take him in your life. And I want you to grow from that. And I really, truly want you to embrace the word and grow deep roots in your life. And start cutting those things out of your life that you need to get rid of. And then say, Lord, prune me. Take away. No, no more excuses. I'm completely yours. And some of you have never made that choice. You've never made that choice to surrender to Jesus. You've never made that choice. You've been presented with it, but you've never made it. And today, God is really speaking to your life. And you're like, man, Lord, I don't want to be thrown into the fire. I want to be able to live for you. And if you have never given your life to Jesus and you want to receive him as your Savior and Lord, raise your hand and say, Pastor, that's me. Is there anyone here today that wants to give their life to Jesus? Anyone? Yeah. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Anyone else? Yes. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Anyone else? Anyone else? We want to celebrate with you. Man, if you raised your hand, would you stand with me? I want to pray with you. Stand where you are. We're going to pray with you. We're going to celebrate with you. They're clapping because this is the greatest decision you could actually make in your life. So church, would you pray with them to encourage them? Say, your, say this prayer, those of you that are standing. Say, Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. Today I realize that I'm not where I need to be. I accept Jesus Christ as my Savior and my Lord. And from this day forward, I want to live for him. No more excuses. No more fake. I'm going to be real all the way through. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen. Oh, would you please come up here so I could give you a hug? Would you please come up here so we could celebrate with you? To just say hallelujah. And we sang a hallelujah earlier. Brother, I'm... Got a Bible and some material for you. Oh, my goodness gracious, young lady. This is a great decision you're making. Go with Pastor Eddie over there. Look at this young man. Praise God. Right. Look at this young man that came up with you. Yeah. What a joy. Oh, my gosh. This is a great decision you guys are making. So excited for you. Pastor Eddie's got some material for you. What a joy, amen. I don't know what you've been fighting. I don't know what you are, but maybe you have allowed some weeds to come into your life and to really take you in a direction you don't need to go. And you're like being choked out. And there's some weeds you need to get out of your life. And you got to get real again. Oh, you look beautiful. The leaves are beautiful. You look amazing, but you're fake. You're not living it outright. You have no joy. Today, I pray that you just get real with God. Surrender it all to him and say, God, I, I, I just want to rededicate my life. I don't want to half step anymore. So take time to pray. Would you stand with us?
as we sing this song about let the Holy Spirit fire fall upon us, just make your way up. anything else you're dealing with and you want to give it up to the Lord, health issues, family issues at work, make your way up. Holy anointing. 
Give him praise, would you? Give him praise. On the way out, don't forget to sign up for baptism next Sunday. We hope to see you there. Thank you for supporting our youth. Sign your kids up and pay up your balances if you can today. Go dismiss the chair change Albuquerque.